0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome back, guys. My name is Ash. I am here today to drive you nuts with more learning when it comes to understanding the things of which we believe and have no idea why or what they actually mean. So this week, I'm going to focus on what's most likely like pretty much Christianity. But you'll see as I go on that a lot of the definitions were used in other belief systems as well in other places, but. This is obviously going to be based mostly off that, and I have nothing against people who are religious or Christian. I don't care, as long as what you believe in doesn't limit yourself or other people. I, myself, am not religious, and nor do I claim to be, nor do I claim to be some historical fact person that knows everything. This is what I found. Question everything. Figure it out for yourselves. This is just a way to expand your mind. So we look at Satan as a figure from Dante's Inferno, right? And Dante was a writer who wrote three books that was Paradise, Purgatory, and Hell, but in Italian, obviously. The three books of poetry and a lot of old paintings, or I should say artwork, is depicted and beliefs are depicted from the version of which he documented in Inferno. They're actually really good books. Dante himself was an interesting man. He got ousted from the place of which he lived, where he was born. And on his deathbed, all he wanted was to go home and die at home. And they actually let him back in, but he died about two towns out. Very interesting biography. You should check it out. Anyways, we're here to talk about misconceptions to do with satanism and all that comes with it so we look at the devil as like a red horned scary demonic figure blah blah right and we believe in essence in a nutshell that if you're bad if you sin you're going to go to hell when you die and that if you're good you go to heaven so Satan's first appearance was actually not in Christianity it was in Zoroastrianism which is fascinating to me the devil figure was called, and I'm going to butcher this, Angra Meiju, or Ahriman, which opposed the Zoroastrian, Zoroastrian creator god and tempted humans. So later in Jewish Kabbalism, Satan is later portrayed as a demon who lives in, obviously, a demonic realm. The name Satan first appeared in the book of Numbers in the Bible, used as a term describing defiance. That's why you'll see a lot of times, they will say, like, um, It means, uh, what do you call it? Oh, God, I'm having a brain fart. Basically, just someone who goes against. It doesn't mean someone scary and evil and red-horned, right? Okay. So, the character of Satan is, is featured in the book of Job as an accusing angel. So, in the apocryphal book of Enoch, written in the first century BC, Satan is a member of Watchers. It's a group of fallen angels. So later in the New Testament, he's considered a nemesis of Jesus Christ, which is in uh, Revelation, the final book of the Bible, and depicts him as kind of the figure that we that we see. Because in the 14th century poem Inferno, like I mentioned by Dante, he captured kind of the Christian belief by making him look like an evil monster. Now, in the 17th century, he was recast as admirable, And a magnetic kind of like anti-hero in a sense that defies God. And John Milton's 1667 poem, Paradise Lost, um, speaks to him, basically makes him the most pivotal. William Godwin, 1793, in inquiry concerning political justice, gave Milton's depiction political legitimacy. The most enduring satanic symbol was created by the occult author, Levi, 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 I don't know, Levi describes him as the horned goat deity of Baphomet in his 1854 book, Dogma and Ritual, which linked Baphomet with Satan, which is funny because you'll see a lot of people who are atheists have Baphomet around just as a joke. But Muhammad, Baphomet was the deity of the Knights Templar. and They were accused of worshiping him in trials in the 14th century, which was why a lot of them were killed. Now, Alistair Crowley viewed Satan symbolically. He wrote a poem in 1913 called The Hymn to Lucifer, and uh, he celebrated the devil as the provider of the soul and the rebellion to the universe. One offshoot from Crowley's crowd was a German group, Fraternitas Saturni in 1926. The founder, Gregor A. Gregoris, wrote Satanist Magi, which borrowed heavily from the Romantics and adopted Satan within the group's astrological system. Fraternitas Saturni still exists, and Gregorius's writing has been used in Satanist practice. And it's interesting because um, there's a lot that stem from, uh, what do you call it, from the, oh my God, what's with me today? This stems from a lot of belief systems that are akin to each other, and they, a lot of them worked with each other and kind of came out with their own thing in the end, adapted it to themselves, which I think we should all do in spirituality, really. So sometimes be, sometime between 57 and 1960, Anton LaVey, who we all know, wrote, uh, wrote the Satanic Bible. He was a farmer carnival worker and musician, and he actually held night classes teaching occultism. And they eventually formed the Church of Satan. So they're mostly based like they were mostly discussion based where they would talk about, you know, um, deciphering the Bible and seeing where it didn't make sense for them. Blah, blah, blah. Um, It did become more ritual based later on. And they did have... They did have him named as the Black Pope. But for the most part, it was a lot of times when people consider themselves Satanists or Satanism or Satan worshippers. There are uh, they're, they're a lot of times they're just spiritual people who don't believe in God. It doesn't mean they believe in a fiery, demon-y hell. It just means they go against God. So Luciferianism, the former Order of Nine Angels member... Michael Ford formed the Greater Church of Lucifer in 2013, so only nine years ago, opening the first public satanic temple in Houston, Texas, two years later. So, the GCL follows many of Levian principles, which touch of the occult. So, for them, we have Lucifer as another name as Satan, right? And really, it actually can mean when planet, when the planet Venus, when it rises in the morning, because it's the light. And in archaic meaning, it means a match struck by rubbing it on a rough surface. So the Old English from Latin "light bringing morning star," or bearing Lucifer, is association with the sun of the morning. It is believed in the Christian interpreters to be a reference to Satan, which is kind of interesting, right? And like I said, it speaks to being him being the God of light in uh, Strega, which is history. And part of the reason how Eredeo was born. So, definition for Satan. Judaism, person proper, any various celestial beings functioning as an accuser or critic of humanity. Really, I think it's more of a critic of religion, personally. That's just my opinion, but, you know. In Abrahamic religions, a powerful spiritual being, the tempter and persecutor of humanity, sometimes considered as an angel who rebelled against God and became the devil. In Christian theology, the great enemy of humankind and of goodness, the devil usually identified as Lucifer, the chief of fallen angels. Definition of demon, right? So, Middle English from medieval Latin, from Latin, daemon, from Greek daemon deity, genius. Also from Latin, daemonium, a lesser or evil spirit. Or from Greek, demonium, diminutive of daemon. In the late 19th century, perhaps, the van Damon's land an early name in Tasmania were based on the slang term for detective. A lot of times they believe daemon to mean spiritual guide. Isn't that interesting, right? It strays you away from the church. you got to think, every belief system wants you to stay with their belief system. Because at that time, way back when, people were learning what it was they believed in, couldn't read for themselves, and were being told what, what books said. It was interesting because they would take things like gargoyles, things, um even religious rites and practices, ceremonies, and change them a variant to their religion, and actually scare off other religions into believing them. And demon seems to be one of those. So, we're going to kind of take a bit of a swing here next, and we're going to talk about angels. Angels totally weird me out in the spiritual community, I have to say this. I don't care if you believe in angels, it's fine. I just... I think it's weird. It's like, if you're not religious, why do you believe in something that's formed from a religious belief? That's my that's my personal feeling. And I know almost everyone I know in spirituality believes with, works with angels. You know, you had John Dee, which I think almost I wondered if it wasn't partly as a form of survival for him in his time frame to keep from being killed for what he did. But then at the same time, you see Aleister Crowley. And they all work with angels. You know, you see these magic mystery schools that people are so terrified of. And a lot of times, these guys worked with angels. It's kind of funny. Anyways, so I'm going to read a little bit about when we first see these different types of angels. Obviously, there's a million of them, it seems like. But I'm going to talk about some of the main ones that I noticed. So the cherubim, later shortened to cherub, is the lowest rank among the four that I'm going to talk about. So they're described as being animal-human hybrids tasked with guarding the Garden of Eden against humankind. So apparently we were the issue for them. So in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet's vision depicts them as having four faces, that of a lion, an ox, an eagle, and a human. I believe the world card in the tarot has this. Yeah. So they have straight legs, four wings, and bull hooves for feet that gleam like polished brass. One set of wings covers their body and the other is used for flight. Which is kinda kinda creepy, but kinda cool. So let's see. A lot of them a lot of them depict like the cupid like figure or arrows as why we see cherubs the way they are now, but obviously we don't have proof of that. But let's see here. They are shown to be a culture of exchanges with ancient Babylonia, Syria, and Egypt. And the cherub's function of guarding sacred places and their mixed appearance is similar to that of Babylonian Lamassu, Egyptian Sphinx, and Hittite Griffin, which is cool. It's like to me, they're kind of like a land spirit, like the Norse Nice. Just, every culture has like these elemental or uh, earth spirits that take care of their land. I think that's really interesting. The term angel comes from the Greek word angelos, which originated from the Hebrew word for messenger, malak. The malakim are messengers of God and are the closest looking to us humans. They are a third rank among the four. In the Old Testament, they acted on God's behalf, as did the angel of death in the Passover story in the Old Testament. Let's see, Um, it would be Michael, the archangel who protects heaven. In the New Testament, they often acted as messengers like Gabriel who told Mary of her Immaculate Conception. These named angels are often the ones people think of when they're asked to imagine one. However, while the Malachim look like human beings, there is no mention of them having wings in the Bible. The earliest known Christian image of an angel... From the mid-3rd century was without wings. It wasn't until the late 4th century that artists actually re-imaged these angels with the possession of wings. According to some researchers, this was done to represent their sublime nature, despite artists knowing that scripture did not describe them as having wings. So basically just saying a way to tell them apart. So according to the prophet Isaiah, the seraphim is an angelic being that surrounds the throne of God, singing holy, holy, holy in unison to God's approach. The prophet describes them as having six wings, two of which are for flying, while they use the rest to cover their heads and feet. Seraphim are second highest in rank according to Mammonide's angelic hierarchy, One may trace the historical influences for the seraphim from its name. Seraphim derives from the Hebrew word seraph, which means to burn in English. Digging deeper, the Hebrew word seraph means venomous desert snake. In ancient Egypt, people referred to the cobra as the flaming one. Its icon was called uraeus, and it's usually adorned with the pharaoh's headpiece. Isn't that interesting? Several historians speculate that the authors of the Old Testament derived seraphim's wings and flames from Egyptian imagery in association with the cobra. And we always think in Christianity that, you know, serpents, what have you, are all, you know, demonic. So the Ophanim, or the wheels, is, I don't know, I've never heard of these things, is arguably the most bizarre being in the Bible, Ezekiel's account in the Bible describes them best as being made out of interlocking gold wheels with each wheel's exterior covered with multiple eyes. They move by floating themselves in the sky as the highest in Mammonide's hierarchy. They are tasked with guarding God's throne. There is no exact historical origin for Ophanim. Joseph F. Blumrich, a former NASA employee, theorized that Ezekiel's vision of the wheels and other angels might have been a UFO sighting. However, critics label him as a conspiracy theorist. So nevertheless, other authors claim that an ingested psychedelic substance caused the prophet's visions. Which, you know, it's just, that's how it goes sometimes. (laughs) It's how it's going to happen, right? So when it comes to really interesting, weird Things like this, I think it's important we look it up and i'm I'm always plugging it at you guys, but I really do mean it. Look up what these things mean because they have some very when you look up a lot of um a lot of our normal mythologies, and I don't mean just in belief systems what I mean you look up a lot of our folk tales, a lot of our stories like Bloody mary I don't care what it is. A lot of them have religious backgrounds and reasoning. If you really look into them, which you can by looking at my blog linked in the bio, or you can look at past episodes, um, you can learn just how much you can see where religions were trying to, or belief systems were trying to control the masses by using fear tactics. And a lot of the things we think of as childhood, you know, stories, what have you, actually, were used way back then as ways to scare us off which is kind of sad but fascinating that people are gullible enough to believe it all right take care guys